Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We want to welcome you back to the Promise of Our Father podcast. We want to ask that you continue to pray for our spiritual cuts leaders out all over the world that we have in the United States and in different countries that is listening to these messages and they're giving us feedback and saying how these messages is changing the way they think and believe. And God said in the in his word that I'm going to work a work in these latter days, and even if it was told you, you wouldn't even believe it. So I'm speaking what most people don't believe because everybody believes what other folks are speaking. But I'm speaking through the as the oracle and the and as an ambassador of God and Christ because Christ is my teacher in God. I've been taught by through Christ because we all are taught by God through the spirit of the teaching of Christ. So without further ado, let's get back and get into this message. This is series two, episode three. We're just picking up from off of series two, episode two, and we just continue uh, going right into, we're going to slide right into where we left off at. So we left off in episode two, and we're going to continue in John chapter 20, 19, and the scripture was teaching us about then the, and the same day of the evening of the first day of the week, Christ came through the doors that were shut. Huh? And he said, As the Father has sent me, I send you. And he breathed on them. And he said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. So now we're going to get down with it from that point. Because as the Father has sent me, I send you. We was rehashing a little bit on Ephesians chapter 2 before I left off in episode 2. He was talking about in Ephesians 2, 13 through 16, about the blood of Christ. How he's going to make the blood of Christ and the blood of Jesus out of one blood. And he was going to present it to God. Hey, glory, in one body. These are the two bodies that came through the doors that were shut, my brother God, my brothers and sisters. So let's continue and open up the scriptures through the teaching of Christ that our understanding and our comprehension might come from the scriptures according to Luke 2445. In First John, First uh, John chapter five verse six, uh, huh? We know that Jesus came by water and blood, and not just by water, but by water and blood. And the Spirit bear witness, because the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ and the Spirit of Jesus is true. Now we need to solidify or make solid that Jesus, in fact, came by water and blood. So anytime the Scriptures give you a a, a, a notion. Or give you a, 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 a parable about the scriptures. There's more li- most likely there is evidence of what the scriptures is being said. Amen. So let's go to John nineteen thirty three and thirty four. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced the sides with a spear and immediately, effectively, and immediately, and effectively, blood and water came out. Come on. Blood and water came out. Now the spirit, the spirit of truth and the spirit of him 
actually bear witness to this water and blood. That was a time when the water and the blood was on the ground where the Spirit of God bear witness, but something took place in the water and the blood for the Spirit to take notice that it was on the ground. My brothers, when we get to these podcasts, you're going to say, wow, come on. Now we have to witness, huh? we have witnessed that this is Jesus who is, who is in John, 1 John chapter 5, verse 6, when it says he came by water and blood. Because the Roman soldier pierced him in his side and immediately water and blood came cushioned out. More intriguing than that, let me explain a few events that happened before he got to this point. Because this is vital as this is vitally as important as to know and understand as he came by water and blood. Now in John, excuse me, in John 14, 1 through 6, Christ was teaching his disciples about he was the way the truth, and the eternal life. But to open you, to open up your understanding so that you might comprehend the scriptures, Christ was teaching this passage of scriptures to Jesus. Come on. See, a lot of people, uh, we, 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 when we was growing up and, and when I was in ministry, they never told me Jesus had to be taught to. Now look at this here, my brothers. If Christ is our teacher and we all are taught by God, that means Christ had to be even taught by God in order for him to become our teacher. So if Christ had to be taught, then Jesus needed to be taught too by the one Christ, the one God taught to teach. In John 12, we said earlier, 1248, huh? John chapter 1248, John chapter 12, verse 48 through 50 says that I don't come in my own authority or under my own authority. And if you deny me, I'm cool with that. You're denying the word. But he said that I know what I was commanded to do. I was commanded to say. I was commanded to speak. And what I was commanded to teach. And that was eternal life. So if God sent Christ. And God taught Christ about eternal life. And he commanded him to teach eternal life when he got in the earth. And he came to rescue the body of Jesus to teach Jesus say, about eternal life. Man, this is heavy. So when you began to understand that in John chapter 14, 1 through 6, Christ was teaching his disciples, huh, that he was the way, the truth, and the and the eternal life. But to open up the understanding, to open up our understanding or your understanding so that you might comprehend the scriptures, Christ was teaching a passage also to his son, also to Jesus. That's a hard concept if you're from whosoever move uh, a, a, a church because they are not teaching it in this manner. Everything is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. When the last time you was taught about Christ? When he was teaching Jesus. And if the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 20, you have not so learned Christ. As the truth is in Jesus. So even Jesus had to learn the truth through Christ, through the teaching. So my brother, let me move because when Christ said, let not your heart in John chapter 14, huh? let not your heart be troubled. 
Because if you believe in God, Christ, you should believe in me. If you believe in God, Jesus, you should believe in me. Christ was teaching his disciples, and he was teaching Jesus. You do know that Jesus at one time was a disciple of, a disciple of Christ. Ah, get out of here. In my father's house, he says in John 14, he says, in my father's house, there are many mansions. And if it was not so, I would have told you, Jesus, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, Jesus, to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, Jesus, there you may be also. This verse is the key. The key to the passage is this verse is the key to the passage in order for the scriptures to be opened up and that we understand and comprehend them through the teaching of the knowledge of Christ and God. We're going to have to understand that in John 14, 4, he says, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. Huh? Now we now who else out there that he was speaking to in the crowd in the body of Jesus? Who else that he was speaking to Christ? Who else Christ was speaking to that knew the way and the place he was going besides Jesus himself? How we know that he was speaking directly to Jesus? Because in Luke 9, 29, 31, when Christ prayed in the appearance of Jesus' face and the countenance had altered or had changed, Christ's robe become white and glistering. Watch this here. In Luke chapter 9, you got to go back and read that. That's some heavy stuff, my brother. In 9, 29, his face altered. Gee, Christ prayed. The prayer that Christ prayed took Jesus into a place where his mind couldn't comprehend until Christ gave him the understanding. So Christ prayed in the appearance of Jesus' faith, countenance had altered and had changed, and the robe become white and glistering. In Luke 9 verse 30, it says, And behold, two men talk with Jesus in the body and the spirit of Christ, who was Moses and Elijah. How and why those two men of Moses and Elijah came to speak with Jesus in the body, in the spirit of Christ. Huh? They came to speak to him, appearing to him in glory, and spoke to him about his death. If Christ, hey, as the Messiah, abides forever, they couldn't have been coming for Christ and have that conversation with him. They came for the one he baptized, and he became the beloved son of the begotten son. This is who they come to speak to. They come to speak to Jesus hey, about the cross and about the death he was going to encounter so now we see that Christ was speaking these words to Jesus about his death. He was going to accomplish in Jerusalem on the cross. When Christ was telling Jesus and, telling, and teaching Jesus about 
in my father's house were many mansions. Christ was speaking about how the death of his body was going to create and save many bodies, which eventually would become the temple of God or the house of God. And through the body of Jesus that is going to be prepared, the, the, excuse me, and through the body of Jesus, he's going to be the house of God. And through the body of Jesus that Christ is going to prepare a place for, he will create many mansions out of the body that is going to become one body out of the two. So he's going to become one body. He says, I'm going to prepare a mansion or many rooms or many bodies or many temples in the house of God. Come on. So in retrospect and in furthermore, in the house of God, there are many mansions through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the body of Jesus. And on the, on, and on the other hand, there are many rooms, and there are many temples, and there are in the house of God through the body of Christ. God is the building. He is the builder of the house, but Christ is the head of the body. Come on. Now we clearly see in John 4, 14, 4, that Christ was teaching and talking to Jesus in reference and about, in reference and, uh, and, and about the, where he was going and why he was going to prepare a place for the body of Jesus. Let's fast forward and see if we can get to this place where Christ is going to prepare for the body of Jesus. Let's look at Matthews 27, 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama, sab lama sabachthani, sabachthani, which means in English, <laughs> y'all know I was going to mess that word up, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why did Jesus cry out and say this? You ever ask yourself what caused him to feel alone on the cross like that? Let's find out and see. You remember in John 14, 1 through 6, where Christ told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go huh, to prepare, to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way I go, you know, and I know you know where I go. So now here in Matthew 27, 46, Christ has left the body of Jesus on the cross by himself. And when the spirit of the blood of Christ left, the spirit of the water, the spirit of the water and the blood of Jesus on the cross by itself, he felt naked when the spirit left the body, the spirit of Christ left the body of Jesus and went to the place he promised to go propel, which was the tomb. Jesus felt alone on the cross when he was by himself and the spirit of Christ left him. That's why he cried out, hey, where you went? Why you left me? I need you the most while I'm on this cross. My father, my father, my God, my God, why have you left me? So Jesus felt naked like Adam did. Jesus felt naked like Eve did. 
in the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3, 6, and 7. So now Christ has left the body of Jesus on the cross by himself to go to prepare the place in the garden in a new tomb in which no one has yet laid. So this is the reason, huh? Jesus screamed on the screamed out on the cross, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" And Christ reminded Jesus about the conversation and the teaching he was doing in the presence of the disciples. So when Jesus screamed out and cried out that we that that they might get the revelation and the knowledge of what Christ was teaching and explaining in John 14, 1 through 6. So when he cried out and the disciples saw that something took place, some said he was calling on Elijah. Some said he was calling on the prophet. But the disciples should have been revealed that he was calling on the one who left him to go prepare the place. Now the disciples understand the teaching of Christ in John 14, 6. Huh? And I want you to notice, 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 because this is this is very, very important that you know this. That Jesus came in flesh and blood just like we could, like we did. In the time they nailed him to the cross, raised him up on the cross, carried him to the place where they buried him or where they crucified him on the cross with the two thieves, Jesus' body would have never made it that far in the amount of blood that he lost without the spirit of Christ being in it. Because my brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. When Christ was teaching, he said, and I want you to understand that Jesus could not enter. He could not endure the cross without the spirit and the blood of Christ and the blood and the body of Christ that it was in him. Huh? When Christ came into him in Luke 3, 21 and 22 and baptized him and God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He knew it was for the body of Jesus to endure the cross. So my brothers, I want you to know that Jesus could not endure the cross as long as he did, if the spirit and the body of Christ was not in him. When Christ was teaching Jesus and his disciples, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the eternal life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. So now Jesus is on the cross by himself as the word that has become flesh, as the Lamb of God. Before I explain what happened next, let's solidify or make solid the scriptures. Amen. Let's go to Peter, 1 Peter 1.25. The word of God lives and abides forever. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 25. The word of God lives and abides forever. Now let's return back to Jesus being on the cross by himself as the word that had become flesh in John 1.14 as the Lamb of God. The word that became flesh in John 1.14 is now on the cross by itself with the word abiding. Because the spirit of Christ that abides forever has left the body of Jesus as the Lamb of God on the cross. 
Where is, G where is Christ? Christ is in the tomb preparing a place like he promised him he would in John 14. So now we got a vivid picture of what we're talking about. So let's go to Luke 23, 46. And when Jesus had cried out and screamed out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, Jesus breathed his last. Now we only have the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world on the cross. This is a picture of how Moses and Aaron as the high priest presented in Exodus 12 where they took the body of an innocent, an innocent lamb and put the blood of the lamb over the lintel, the lintel of, over the doorpost. Why? Because for the sins of the world. Now, if the blood of an animal can keep death and the angel of death from coming into the homes and the houses of those who was who, uh, those of the Israelites, and if God saw the blood of an animal, huh? He actually told death. Don't mess with that. So what about if the blood of God and the blood of Christ and the blood of Jesus was manifested in your body through the knowledge of the spirit of Christ, through the teaching of God, how much more would death escape and pass you up and pass me up? Man, this is heavy. So now, my brothers and sisters, just like Moses took an innocent animal and put over the door, the blood over the lantern, the lintel, over the doorpost, <coughs> how much more would sin and death flee from you? Now, Christ, uh, now, Christ, now, Christ, now, Jesus is on the cross only in the body as the lamb. You hear me? Jesus is on the cross as the only in the body as the lamb of God. Why? Because earlier we found out in scriptures in 1 Peter huh, to find the word of God lives in the body forever. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit by Mary in Luke 131. In John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in John 1, 14, And the Word became flesh, and tabernacle among us in glory. The, the reason this is important is because although Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, or conceived by the Word that was in the beginning as the Holy Spirit, huh? let me show you something, he could not, the Word, the Holy Spirit and the Word could not die on the cross. Because the word abides forever. The word lives and abides forever. And just like we see in Matthew 27, 46, that Christ abides forever as well. And they both had to leave the body of God, the body of God, the body of Jesus, the body of Jesus on the cross. Come on. Y'all hear me? The word and the Holy Spirit the word that, that was witness, that bear witness in First John chapter 5, hmm? verse 7 says that in, in, there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. The Father 
Christ and the Holy Spirit. So the word in Christ as the word at that time had to abide forever and leave the body of Jesus on the cross. When the blood was made flesh, it was the word that was in the beginning. But the word that was made flesh was the Holy Spirit in the beginning as the word. But the word that was in the beginning with God was Christ as the word. Now you got the Father, the Word, who is Christ, and Holy Spirit, who is the Word that was in the beginning with God that is on the cross and has now left the cross after they cried out and Jesus committed the Word or the Holy Spirit back to God and Christ left the body and he says, man, why haven't you forsaken me? My God, I need you up here. Hey, do anybody out there need the spirit of Christ and the spirit of God right now? Hey, cry out. My God, my father, we need you today. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Uh, the reason this is important is because although Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, uh, we got to understand that the word that he was conceived by couldn't die. The body he was conceived in was able to. Come on. Because the body he was in was the lamb. And the lamb of God needed as a body for the sins of the world. In Hebrews 10.5, it says, and I have prepared a body for you. Hey, glory. So the body that God prepared in Hebrews 10.5 was the lamb. So now we see the lamb on the cross in the body without the spirit of Christ and the word that was conceived through the body of Mary as the Holy Spirit. These two as the word and the spirit of Christ has left the body. They're now in the tomb. Come on. Because they're both Christ in the word or Christ in the Holy Spirit. That we find in 1 John 5, 7. For where three that bears witness, the Father, the Word, which is Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit in Christ is in the garden where the new tomb is located. Waiting on the body of Jesus as the Lamb of God. Come on. The body of Jesus that Joseph of Amarthea and Nicodemus has prepared for burial. The body of Jesus is being prepared for burial by Joseph of Amethyst and Nicodemus. Now we need to find out where is the blood and the water of the body of Jesus. Come on. Because the water and the blood did not come out until after the spirit in the, oh my God, the spirit of Christ and the Holy Spirit as the word left the body. Then the blood showed up on the scene. But the body that was left on the cross with the water and the blood was dead. Come on. So now Joseph and Joseph and Nicodemus had prepared the body. Let's go back to John and find out where's the water and the blood of the body of Jesus. Because the water and the blood is needed to, is needed to be presented before God for the sins of the world. Before the Roman soldiers had took the body of Jesus down from the cross, they had to ensure or be sure that Jesus was dead. 
I read earlier in John 19, 33, 34 says, but when the, they came to Jesus' body and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his leg. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with his spear, and immediately and effectively the blood and the water came out. Come on. We know where, we know where, we know, we now know, and we are now dealing with the body of Jesus in John. In first John chapter one, in first John chapter five, excuse me, verse six. This is he who came by blood and water. As we said earlier about Jesus being on the cross as the Lamb of God by himself. And now we witness the water and the blood of the Lamb of God has left the body of Jesus while he was still on the cross. If Moses and Aaron, as the high priest, had to enter into the most holy place every year with the blood of goats and calves, according to Hebrews 9.11, Let's go there. But Christ, because Christ came the high priest, if Moses and Aaron had to do it, but Christ became high priest. If Moses and Aaron had to become the high priest and go into the most holy once a year, and Christ, in Hebrews 9-11, but Christ came as the high priest of God huh, and gave us a better things, good things to come with greater and more, with a more perfect tabernacle, with a more perfect house, with a more perfect body, and that is made without hands, that is not of this creation. So when Christ was in the place where he was presenting before God, he had to be in a body of the blood of himself. And something took place before the water and the blood became one blood, his own blood as Christ. We're going to get into that. Y'all got to get this, my brother. And sisters. So now he had become the high priest of the house of God in the similitude of Machazadek, head glory, huh? That he's in the body now that was not of this creation. So the body and the blood and the glory of God that came through the doors that were shut on the first day of the week was not of this creation, but it was of this creation that God created in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. So therefore, it was not of this, uh, this creation because it was of God's glory. I want you to know that God's glory is never of this creation. God's glory is always of his spirit. Mm. So in verse 12 in Hebrews 9, it says that this body that was the tabernacle that was not of this creation, nor not with the blood when he was entering into the place of the holiness. He said he didn't go in there with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered into the most holy place. Once for all, not every time or once a year. He went once for all for you. He went once for all for me. So now we got a better look at the eternal redemption of God's glory through the blood of Christ. For if the blood of goats and the blood and ashes of a heifer sprinkled the unclean, sanctified for purifying of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, 
offer himself without spot to God to cleanse our conscience from dead work to serve the living God. See, the problem we are having is that we are working out of deadness. We think tomorrow is not promised and we all have to die. We are working from out of deadness. The work that you're working, although you're in the scriptures, using the scriptures, you're doing dead work because you're following a teaching that teaches you, I told you earlier, the power of the tongue. You're either teaching the power of death or you're teaching the power of eternal life. And whatever fruit you're eating thereof, God is pleased in whichever one you choose because God is going to be God all by himself because he's still going to use his son Christ to go to the cross and leave the cross to get his son to receive the blood of the water of his son Jesus to himself. My brothers, when we get down with this stuff, man, when you find out where the water and the blood is at and what happened with the water and the blood and what took place, you're going to be in awe. Hey, glory. Let's continue. Now we need to find out that we found out about the blood of the eternal glory of Christ has allowed for us to be in the redemption or the eternal redemption of God because what? It cleared our conscience from the dead works that our father, that our mother, that our spiritual church leader. Pastors, bishops, and preachers has brought us in tune. So now we are coming from out what we was in. So now we got to stay in the place where we at. I was talking the other day, and I told a brother, and I told some of the past, some of the spiritual church, or some of the spiritual church leaders, we was chopping it up a little bit. I was saying you can be in a location, but not be and be in another place. You can leave a place and still be in the same location. So in other words, you can be in the place of God's glory in the same location, but you can be in the place where God has not called you to be and you're still in another location. So you got to understand just because you're in the same location doesn't make you in the same place because the place you're in with God because you have become the people and the sons and the daughters of God does not have anything to do with your location because God might need you in the location although you have changed places in the same area hey Gloria I got to get out of that now let's find out if Christ if Christ is the high priest of the house of the house of God after all the Melchizedek, how and when did Christ present the water and the blood of Jesus to God on behalf of our sins? Let's go back to John 1933 and 34. We see the Roman soldier pierce Jesus in the side, and blood and water come out immediately. And in first in John 14, verse 3, Christ promised Jesus that he will come again and receive him to himself and where he is, and that Jesus will be with him also. So he promised him that. So we all thought that, that we've been taught. This means that he went to prepare a place for heaven. I want to break something down to you, my brothers. If you go back to Genesis 2, 7, huh? in Genesis 2, verse 1, it says that this is the, the record of the heavens and the earth. This is the witness of the heavens and the earth. This is the finalizations 
of the heavens and the earth when they were finished. So the heavens and the earth was finished. And God rested on the seventh day. And Christ on the seventh day created a man from the dust of the ground while God rested. But I want you to notice this one thing. Christ said he was going to prepare a place when I was a young kid, when my mama taught me and when my daddy taught me the place that he went to go prepare. And when my spiritual leader taught me, when my pastor taught me, when my bishop taught me, when my, my apostle taught me, come on. So I was taught by all these people. And you know where two or more witnesses, huh, is together, the answer has to be true. So watch this here. When my mom and them taught me that Christ was going to prepare a place at the whosoever moved Baptist church I was raised up in through the pastor. You know, you couldn't go against the word of the pastor. I don't care how holy you thought you was as a child or a son uh, of your mother and your father. If your mother and father believed what that pastor preacher bishop was teaching, you they're not saying anything against that dude or this that against that uh, that young lady because the, everything they said was law. So they never searched the scriptures to find out that they had eternal life. But I want you to understand, my brothers, I got to get out of this here because I got some ways to go. So watch this here. So Christ was telling them, I want you to understand. You got to watch out for all that teaching. The heaven and the earth was already finished in Genesis two. Chapter 1, and the host of them, it was finished. So why would Christ go prepare a place that was already finished where his daddy or our father was already resting? If Christ and if God was resting, huh? that means that everything that was created in the heavens and the earth and the host of them was finished because God already called it into existence through what he created and made. Come on. So I want you to know that because people have been teaching us that Christ been prepared to play. They use these at funerals too. You know what I mean? That they're going to prepare a place. Hey, you ain't going to prepare one for me, Joker, because I ain't going to that place. The only place I'm going that is prepared is the spirit of him and the promise of our father that he promised me tomorrow's promise. He promised me I don't have to die and live and declare his work. He promised me that he has given me eternal life. I don't need no place you to prepare. I don't need no pastor, preacher, teacher. I don't need no mom or daddy to teach me that he's going to prepare a place in heaven. If heaven is already finished and already done away with and is already finished and is already completed, why would he go prepare something that's already done? Why would he go behind God back to try to do something God already finished? Let me get out of that. Now, this is powerful, my brothers and sisters. Y'all got to get out of that, man. In Genesis, in, 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 in John chapter 19, verse 33 34, Jesus was pierced in the side and blood and water came out immediately. And in John 14, 3, we see Christ promised that he would come back again to receive him for himself. And where he would, where where Christ is, Jesus would be also. This is powerful because Jesus' body is still on the cross. As the Lamb of God. You hear what I'm saying? His body is still on the cross as the Lamb of God. And the water and the blood has left 
the body of Jesus after the Roman soldiers pierced him in his side. The blood and the water huh, is on the ground. But remember in John 14, 3, that Christ, that, that Christ had promised Jesus that he was going to prepare a place for him and receive him to himself. Well, if Jesus is dead on the cross and the water and the blood is on the ground, how was Christ going to receive Jesus to himself? In, in fact, he was going to prepare a place for him. Well, this what happened. Uh, this is what happened, my brothers and sisters. Are you ready for this? The blood of Jesus that the Roman soldiers caused to gush out from the body of, of Jesus spoke from the ground and called on Christ from the tomb. Because Christ in Jesus and Christ in the Holy Spirit is in the tomb. Although Joseph of Amathea and Nicodemus was preparing the body of Jesus, the blood of Jesus spoke from the ground. Come on. How we know the blood speaks. When you go to Genesis 4, 8 through 10, when Cain slew Abel, his brother came to pass when he slew Abel. They was in the field. And Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and he killed him. And then God said to Cain, hey, dude, huh? what's going on down there? Where's your brother Abel? And Cain said to God, do I, I don't know, daddy. Look like I am I? my brother keeper? I say, if I ever meet Cain, I'm going to choke him. I'm going to choke him because you don't disrespect my daddy like that. going to tell him, hey, I'm your brother keeper. Joke, I just burnt you in the earth. And you got the nerve to tell me of my righteous one? Huh? Am I my brother keeper? I ask you a question. Don't get smart with me. I could just see going, going back and forth with that joker. See, Cain was hot-minded. Cain had a bad temper. You got to watch the evil ones with a bad temper. They'll kill you. You remember when Christ was teaching, he came to steal, kill, and destroy? That's what he's talking about. He come to kill you. Cain is a picture, is a picture of the evil one. Watch out. So now we said, am I my brother keeper? He said, where's your brother? What then happened down there? And, he said, and this is what happened. And he says, what have you done, Cain? Because the voice of your brother, blood, Abel, speaks out from me from the ground. So if Abel, who's being righteous, blood speaks from the ground, how much more the blood of Jesus would speak from the ground. So the blood spoke from the ground at the cross while Christ in the Holy Spirit was in the tomb. The blood of God, the blood of Christ, and the blood of Jesus, the blood of Abel speaks from the ground. So therefore, and furthermore, you got to watch out for the blood, the blood of God. Hey, God speaks from the ground. The blood of God speaks from heaven. The blood of God speaks from out of Christ. The blood of God speaks from out of Jesus. The blood of God speaks from the ground. So now the blood of Jesus speaks from the ground. So Christ has to fulfill what he promised. Now we clearly see why Christ promised Jesus in John. 14.3, that the place he's going to prepare for him, that he will come again and get him and receive him for himself and where he is as the Christ. <laughs> he says, you will be there also. 
He promised to bring him. He promised to bring Jesus with him. So when the blood of Jesus cried out and spoke from the ground, Christ left the tomb and went back to the cross to get the, to get the life of Jesus that was in the blood. Come on. Because the body of Jesus as the Lamb of God was dead and was being prepared for the new tomb by Joseph of Amathea and Nicodemus. But the blood of Jesus that cried and screamed out, huh, and spoke from the ground was now in the care of the high priest of the house of God by Christ, who is the priest and the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. How do we know that the blood of Jesus spoke from the ground? In Leviticus 17, 11, the life of the flesh is in the blood. And God has given the blood to us upon the altar to make an atonement for our souls. For it is the blood that makes an atonement for our souls. This verse is so powerful and intriguing, like I said earlier. Why? Because there is a portion of the life of the blood of Jesus that has to be presented at the altar. And there is a portion of the life of the blood that will have to be at the altar to rescue to rescue or receive or restore us to God, but there will be a necessity of the blood of another to rescue or reconcile or restore us back to oneness with God. So the blood of Christ, the blood of Christ, the only blood of Christ can do that. This is why he says in John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth. And I am the eternal life. And no man and no woman and not even Jesus who came through a woman can come to the Father or come to God except through my blood. Oh, my brothers and sisters, now that we have, huh, now that the blood of Jesus cried out, now that we know that the blood of Jesus cried, cried out and spoke from the ground and Christ recovered and, re, and re rescued the blood of Jesus, now we need to find out when and where this ceremony event of the blood of Jesus and the blood of Christ took place. If scriptures teaches us in Hebrews 9, 12, Christ didn't use the blood of goats and the blood of, an, uh, blood of calves, but with his own blood. He entered into the most holy place once and for all as the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Amen. After Christ heard the cry and the scream, when the blood of Jesus spoke from the ground, he recovered and rescued the blood of Jesus as Joseph of Amathea and Nicodemus prepared the body of Jesus. Christ and the Holy Spirit was preparing the blood of Jesus for his body. Oh. Now, Christ and the Holy Spirit is having a ceremony. You hear what I'm saying? Now, Christ and the Holy Spirit is having a ceremony with the blood of Jesus, huh? Until the body of Jesus arrives in the new tomb. Now, Christ, through his own blood, has now prepared the blood of Jesus for the body of Jesus. 
Joseph of Amathea Nicodemus has finally finished the body of Jesus. Christ and the Holy Spirit, along with the body of Jesus, has now become one body. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 and 16. My brothers, we got so much to go, and I'm going to get this thing out of me, man. Come on. So watch this here. In Ephesians 2, 13 and 16. Let's go there and read. Huh? The blood. The flesh. The bone. And the blood and the body of Christ has brought us near unto the unto God. He himself become our peace and has made both one and broken down the middle wall of separation. Question: What exactly did the, 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 the what exactly did Christ made both one of? From his blood. The scriptures is saying to us that the blood of Christ has brought us near unto God and he had made the two bloods become one. And in Ephesians 2.15, in doing so, Christ abolished the law of sin and death. Or through the blood of Christ, sin and death has been done away with. How? Through his blood and through the blood of Jesus that he made both both bloods become one. And the purpose of Christ taking of his own blood and the blood of Jesus was to create in himself one new man from the two bloods. Because the life of the flesh is in the blood. From, one, from, from two bloods, Christ has made one new man. Why? That he might reconcile the blood of himself and the water and the blood of Jesus both to God in one body through the cross. And by Christ doing this in the presence of God, he was signifying to us that death will be the last enemy to be destroyed according to 1 Corinthians 15, 26. Now we see and have the purpose of why Christ took the blood of himself and the water and the blood of Jesus and he prepared it to, and he presented it to God to create in himself one new man and in one new body to recon reconcile us back to God through the ministry of reconciliation as our father. So now let's go back to the teaching of Christ and so that we can that we can open up our that we that we can open up our understanding and that we might comprehend the scriptures through the teaching of Christ. We need to find out when, why, and how this miraculous, mysterious, mysteriously, mysteriously event took place. When Christ took the blood of himself and the water and the blood of Jesus and he made both bloods become one and presented it to God as one new man in one new body and breaking down the middle wall of separations. Huh? Let's briefly recap. Leviticus 17.11 huh, says, For in the light of the flesh is the blood, and God has given the blood of the flesh as an atonement huh, to make an atonement and put on the altar for an atonement for our souls. For we are taught that is the blood that makes an atonement for our souls. In 1 John 5, verse 5 and 6, who is he who, see, who we see overcomes the world or overcomes the people? 
but he or she who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is when Jesus, this is Jesus who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. Hmm? And the Spirit bear witness of the water and the blood. Why? Because the Spirit is truth. Then we found out where the water and the blood came from. In John chapter 19, 33-34, But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead and his legs, they did not break his legs, but one of the soldiers pierced Jesus with a spear and immediately water and blood come out. Now we have used the scriptures and the teaching of Christ to open up our understanding that we might comprehend the scriptures through the teaching of Christ because we are all taught by God, our Father, and Christ is our teacher in John 6.45 and Matthew 23, uh, 23 verse 8. Let us continue searching the scriptures so we may know that we have eternal life and that we will continue to testify of Christ through the teaching that he has taught in John 5, 39, 40. He says, if you search the scriptures, you might think you have eternal life. But brothers and sisters, when you come into the knowledge, you know you have eternal life. How much more and how important it would be and how more pleasant it would be if we would go around as believers talking about how we can live forever and not die. Don't care what we see in the world because they was dying when Enoch lived forever. They was dying when John lived forever. They was dying when Christ was teaching Jesus to live forever. They was dying even then, but there is a remnant. There's a group of people who will not die and will live forever because they know about the bread and the water and the blood of Jesus that was transitioned and transformed into the blood of God and the blood of Christ that came through the the doors is one body came through the doors where it was shut on the first day of the week. In Luke 24, 36, 45, he gives us an account where Christ has presented himself to his disciples as this one man, this one new man from the blood of himself and the blood, the water and the blood of Jesus in one new body, he said to his disciples, why are you troubled? And why doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands. Look at my side. Look at my feet. It is I myself. Touch me. Handle me. See for yourself. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see me have. Christ showed his disciples and told his disciples to touch him and handle him after he appeared to them through the six-inch doors that were shut. Then he had the disciples brought him some catfish, and then he ate some honeycomb as well in their presence. I got a question. What type of body was Christ operating from out of, and when did and how did this body came into this form in order for it to go through the six-inch doors that were shut? Early in our teaching, we learned through the scriptures in 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 39 through 40, all flesh is not the same flesh. 
But there's one, one, one kind of flesh of men and another kind of flesh of animals and another kind of flesh of fish and another kind of flesh of bird. There is also, also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies. But the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. Now we see that all flesh is not the same flesh and that there is one kind of flesh of men and of animals, one flesh of fish and birds, and, and there are a celestial bodies that possesses glory, and there is terrestrial bodies that possesses glory as well. Through scriptures we know that the body of the flesh of Christ was in the tomb, was in the tomb for three days, and the water and the blood was in the tomb for three days, and Jesus the body of Jesus was in the tomb who Joseph of Amathea and Nicodemus prepared was in the tomb for three days along with the Holy Spirit they was in the tomb for three days I'm saying this for a reason they was in the tomb for three days huh that word that word that was in the beginning that God made become flesh through the conception of Mary was there too uh-oh, which was the Holy Spirit. Because remember the Holy Spirit, when he committed his spirit back to God, left the body of Jesus. And he breathed no more. So you got the lamb on the cross by itself. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Christ had left to go to prepare a place. He had to go first because he promised he would be there first to prepare that place. And like I said, why would God go prepare a place he have already finished in Genesis 2.1? And we've been taught that we go, he went to prepare heaven. God is not going to prepare heaven. Even Christ is not going to prepare heaven, my brothers and sisters, so you can get that out your mind. And even though in Revelation there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, the new heaven and the new earth is already created. It came through the doors. I got to get out of there. It came through the doors that was shut on the first day of the week. In Luke 23, 46, when Jesus committed his spirit, he committed him, he's committed the spirit of Christ, the spirit of the word that became flesh. As I've been saying, my brother, this stuff is so heavy. I want you to know. He wants you to understand in the conception of Mary. There's a lot of stuff we have to unravel because the churches have been teaching and talking about things about Mary that throws us off. The Roman Catholics have been teaching about Mary, but they forget about the mother of all, the mother of, the mother of all living, who is Eve. I want you to know that Mary's grandmother was Eve, great-great-grandmother, and she never died. Man, let me get out of there. So now, my brothers, we see the three in the tomb because he's preparing a place for the body of Jesus after he left the body of Jesus on the cross in Matthew 27, 46. Jesus cried out with a loud voice, as I said, my God, my God. My brothers, I'm repeating this here so you can get this here. I know I sound redundant, but I want you to know I ain't being redundant. I'm being re rehearsal. We have to rehearse while we know that we have eternal life so that you can go back as it is embedded in my spirit. God told me to teach it to them to get it in their spirit because you wouldn't believe over and over and over again how I went through the scriptures to find out where the, the, that I have eternal 
eternal life and to know that I have it. I went from thinking I have it to know that I have it. This was when Christ left the cross, the body of Jesus, my brothers and sisters. He's in the tomb. Do you know anything about him being in the tomb? Now we have the spirit of the flesh and the body of Christ in the tomb. The spirit and the body of the Holy, the body of the Holy Spirit in the new tomb, waiting for the body of Jesus, along with the water and the blood in the tomb. It was all being being prepared by Christ as the high priest of God. My brothers, let's continue. So you gotta get this, and you gotta you gotta get what God is saying. You know, for two thousand plus years, we have been cheated out of our reward of the gift of God, which is eternal life. Because spiritual church leaders, our mothers and our fathers and bishops and apostles and prophets and pastors and preachers, even myself as a pastor as a pastor and a preacher and a teacher, I was teaching that we all have to die. I was teaching that tomorrow wasn't promised because I learned from my mama. I learned from my daddy. I learned from my spiritual church leaders. I learned from the apostles and pastors and preachers and bishops. I learned from them that we all, and they're still teaching that they all have to because they have not so learned Christ. My brothers and sisters, I got to get out of that before you think I'm picking on somebody. I ain't picking on somebody. I'm just calling somebody out. Hmm? That's all I'm doing. I'm calling out the day. Hey, come forth. My Christ called Lazarus. And live forever. So now, my brothers and sisters, and when Christ was raised, when Christ was being in the body of Jesus, huh, that was in Christ, being raised from the dead on the third day, he came through the six-inch doors that were shut. Because God who raised Christ from the dead, and God who raised Jesus from the dead, and God who raised Christ from the dead will also quicken our mortal bodies. He will also give life to our mortal bodies. He will also give eternal, his eternal glory to our mortal bodies through the Spirit of God who dwells in you. Is the Spirit of God dwelling in you right now? My brothers and sisters, we're going to close this here out because I want to continue. According to Acts 30 and Romans 8, 11, we're going to pick up from there because we're going to find out the Spirit of God that raised Jesus in Romans 8 and the Spirit of Christ that God raised on the third day. It's the Spirit that came through the doors that was shut. Huh? And that the Spirit of Him, God, in Acts 13, 30, God raised him from the dead. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We're going to continue with the next episode, so stay tuned, my brothers and sisters. I'm cutting it short because I want you to get something from out of it, and I'm going to go to the next section of the episode, so stay tuned. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. If you want to contact us or if you want to reach out to us and you want to speak and say a few things and have a discussion, you can reach us at P-A-S-T-O-R-D-W at Yahoo.com. That's P-A-S-T-O-R-D-W. O-R-D-W uh, at yahoo.com. You can also read our hotline at 
1-4. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia, from out of the Spiritual Cuts Ministry. And stay tuned for the Promise of Our Father podcast for the next episode. May God continue to bless you and your family forever. Amen. <laughs>